podcast. Podcast. Hello and welcome to Pumping Up the Podcast. I'm your host, Elise Eldridge, and today we're going to be breaking down Season 2, Episode 15 of Hannah Montana. It's called Song Sung Bad, and I am joined once again by Alex Mellaris. Hi, Alex. Hello. So we kind of were talking just a little bit before we started recording, but like, had you, I mean, you've seen like every episode of this, so you have seen it before. Um, But was there like any standout moments for you or it was like, oh, it's this one? (laughs) Um, Well, a couple of months ago, I'll say this again, when I was watching through it for the first time in, you know, since in forever, there was one specific moment in the B plot that was that I guess we'll, we'll discuss it when we get there. But like, it was one of those moments that gets ingrained in your head. That, you know, like you've seen like, oh, yeah, I, I would have remembered that, but I wouldn't have known where it was from. Like, oh, yes, I definitely remember seeing this before. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I remember that this is the episode where like Miley dubs Lily's singing voice, <laughs> which I mean, we'll also get into it. But I remember thinking at the time that this originally aired, like when I first watched it, I was like, that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a dangerous game. <laughs> yeah, I feel like at this point it has to just be a, an unwritten in-universe law that nobody could ever possibly find out the Hannah secret. Because I mean, that's really the only thing. Because otherwise, there's there's no other explanation for for why everything just gets brushed aside so quickly. Yeah, I feel like we've kind of been able to. For for most of the series up to this point, we've been able to like come up with explanations for why people aren't figuring it out. But then in these like past couple of episodes, I've been like, they're just throwing it in my face now <laughs> because yeah. like first first with Oliver's disguise, which isn't a disguise, <laughs> which drives me up a wall. <laughs> and and then with this, we're like literally Everyone in Miley and Lily's grade hears Miley singing, at, and they they don't say, "Hey, that's Hannah Montana's voice." <laughs> like that's that's hard for me to uh, make excuses for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, because there's a lot of this stuff that's like part of the fun is trying to rationalize it, but even like um. The the entire foundation upon which this episode is built, which is that Lily's a bad singer, is just a glaring continuity error because she has sung perfectly fine in the past, like the bone dance, for example. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like it's impossible to rationalize. Like there's really except like it is we have to go to like the the final leap of trying to explain things away, which is either alternate canons or it was all a dream. <laughs> I mean, I. Yeah, I'm trying to be like, okay, what's what can I ascribe to the people of the HMU to make it okay that they don't figure this out at this point? And it's like, well, they could just all be stupid. I mean, like, I don't. Yeah. That's part. Of, that's I don't part know of the what else I, to say. That's part of why I really liked the really early season one episodes because there was a lot of like, oh, the secret we can't tell make sure anyone find out we have to like put in the effort to protect it and i was kind of like man why didn't they keep on doing that and they got they kind of just they abandoned it and they shouldn't have yeah i mean you would think 
for for as much as we're told how important it is that Miley have this double life, she's not trying very hard anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I mean, my my boyfriend Rick made this point on a previous episode, which is like Jake Ryan doesn't do the double life thing, but he seems to be doing like, okay. <laughs> like, and granted we find out he's like a little more messed up in the, in his headspace than we'd previously thought, but like all things considered, he's like, and Miley has like a better head on her shoulders than he does. Like if she were to just say, fuck it, like I'm just going to be one person. I feel like it wouldn't be that bad for her at this point. <laughs> yeah. Part also, um, the episode that, that came out yesterday where we, where Miley was sleepwalking, <laughs> and we find out that like she she has this incredibly like guilty conscience anytime she has to lie and like the thing mm-hmm. with the perfume where she had all these ticks it's like your entire existence you're lying to like 99% of the people you encounter so i don't understand yeah that that was my big issue when when she was like all hung up about the fact that she was like lying to Jake i'm like you lie to literally everybody on earth every day i don't know why mm-hmm. this is where you draw the line <laughs> <laughs> so the episode. <laughs> the episode starts with uh, Hannah in the recording studio um, laying down one in a million, which like, this is like the third or fourth time we've heard one in a million. So I don't know why she's suddenly recording it in the studio. <laughs> but I also think it's funny that whenever she's in the studio, it's just her sitting on a stool with like a microphone in front of her and like nothing else in the studio. <laughs> yeah. it's It's so... Just, like, they didn't even try to, like, dress the set. <laughs> They're just, like, just get her in this room. <laughs> yeah, hang a microphone from the ceiling, a little stool. And there's no producer either. Unless is Robbie Ray the producer also. I guess that's what we're supposed to believe. How, how many jobs can one man have? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I buy that he also produces her music. I, like, okay, he writes yeah. it, fine. Produces it? I mean, come on. And then... They make this CD for Lily, and like, I'm. It's implied that Robbie Ray is the one who like retouched it, and I'm like, he, how? How does he know how to do that? <laughs> yeah. Also, you mentioned that we've heard the song a couple times before, which is one of the things that leads me to believe that they're recording like alternate takes or something. Because Lily afterwards says, "You know, that song is my mom's favorite." So, like, if she's recording it for the first time right now. Then yeah, so the mom, what? Lily's mom wouldn't have ever heard it before. So this has to be like some sort of, I don't know, alternate version on the upcoming album. Oh my God. I mean, okay. So I'll eventually get this all answered relatively soon because we're getting very close to the episode that actually has Lily's mom in it. Um, yes. But I have been very curious as to how much Lily's parents know about their daughter's best friend's life. <laughs> because... Okay, do you want me to answer that question for you or do you want to <laughs> wait to be spoiled? What wait to be to see if you're for yourself? Okay, I'll say what my theories are. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> because, because I know that Courtney's also very invested in that. Um which is why she's going to be on that episode. <laughs> but um but I I believe what's going on is that they do know the Hannah secret. And Based off of this comment where it's like one in a million is Lily's mom's like favorite song. I'm like, okay, does she ever like go to the concerts also and then like take Lily home afterwards? Because I mean, theoretically, 
one in a million could be like a new song that uh hannah's been like performing live but hasn't actually recorded until this point so yeah. maybe it's that she just sees these live performances <laughs> I, I gotta i gotta bend over backwards somehow to make it all work um <laughs> yeah think 1000 times more than the writers ever did exactly that's that's the name of the game on this show <laughs> um <laughs> so and so yeah i think lily's mom probably does know the hannah secret and I think, like I said about this topic before, they, I mean, they're not like going to address this on the show, but they must have the most ironclad NDAs imaginable. Yeah, they must. Like, every person that has to know the secret must just be, like, completely airtight under the law <laughs> that they yeah, cannot you mentioned say a word about, to like, <laughs> about how, like, they must involve, like, the, the greatest lawyer they could possibly find. Yes. Which honestly, Robbie Ray is probably the lawyer too. He's the, you know, songwriter, <laughs> producer, the lawyer. He does everything. You're probably right. I <laughs> choose to believe that that wouldn't be the case though, because I hate that so much. <laughs> he needs to delegate. Um, <laughs> clearly, Miley's career suffers when Robbie Ray takes over literally every role. Um, yep. <laughs> so. So yeah, so we we hear a lot about Lily's mom in this episode, and we'll see her in a few weeks. Um, but so Hannah's recording one in a million. Robbie Ray and Lily as Lola are like the only two people in the studio, apparently. And <laughs> and after Miley is done recording, Lily's like, "Wow, that sounds so great! As a birthday gift to my mom, can you record that, and I can give it to her?" And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> because, okay, coming back to if she knows the Hannah secret, if she doesn't know the Hannah secret, it's just going to be a Hannah Montana song on a CD, which is yes. not special. And if she does, then it's like, here's my my friend singing a song for you, my mother. Like, that's that's a weird gift, right? <laughs> Yes, it's a very strange gift. So Miley actually has the good idea to be like, why don't you sing it instead? Yeah, that makes way more sense. I don't know why Lily was like, you make my mom's <laughs> Do the gift. Work. <laughs> but yeah, so Miley suggests that Lily instead sing the song. I also think that One in a Million is an odd choice to give to your mother because it is like definitely explicitly a love song. But I mean, if it's her favorite, it's her favorite. But yeah, and Lily's like, well, I, I can't sing like you do. And Miley's like, everyone sounds better in a professional recording studio. And I was like, do they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, you have more tools at your disposal to, you know, after recording, make the voice sound good. But I feel like, and I mean, I've never <laughs> sang in a studio or whatever, so I don't know. But I feel like it would take away, it, there'd be like no room to hide in like a recording studio. I feel like you'd be more likely to hear your imperfections, but what do I know? <laughs> yes, which brings me to another point, which is why do bad singers in like fictional spaces never realize that they're a bad singer? Because like every bad singer I know is very aware of the fact that they're a bad singer. And like even yeah. some people who sing well are like, oh, I'm so terrible. And so it, I don't know, it felt kind of also out of character for Lily to all of a sudden like hear herself on the the remix cd that sounds good and then all of a sudden get a big head about like oh yeah i'm the greatest singer in the in the whole ninth grade or whatever yeah i mean 
Yeah, that's that's fair and valid. And I also feel like every time that a character on a TV show is like a bad singer, they all sing bad in the same way, which is not yeah. really how like when people consider themselves to be bad singers or even if you hear a bad singer like in person, like it's never that exaggerated. It's always just like you can't quite hit notes and so maybe your voice breaks or whatever, but like it's not it's not like you're just singing any note. <laughs> And yeah. like screaming like in portions, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So I I initially forgot that they like claimed of like auto tuned Lily's voice or whatever because I I thought I was conflating the fact that Miley sings as Lily later with this as well. And I was like, wait, so Miley just went in and sang it again and was like, here you go. But that wasn't what happened. <laughs> no, <laughs> I feel like Lily would have figured that out. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, so Lily sings the song. She's really bad. Uh, and I, I felt bad for Emily Osment because like, we know that she can sing. And then, I mean, I guess my theory is so, <laughs> because she's so bad, uh, Miley and Robbie Ray like retool the track and then make like a separate version where she sounds good. And I was like, that's probably just Emily Osmond singing normally on the. I'm pretty sure it the, was like, doctored one. Yeah, it sounded like her. Yeah, it definitely was her. I'm pretty sure she just sang it and you know sang fine because she's a good singer. And, yeah. Okay. Now, okay. So I maybe should have done this before, but I'm looking up a video that I remember watching. It's from like Miss Mojo. And it probably, because uh, <laughs> it's called like, it's like top 10 Hannah Montana plot holes or something, which the fact that there are enough to make a video about all the plot holes probably. There's more than 10. <laughs> yeah, there are definitely more than 10, but like they have here top 10 things that, yeah, it's called top 10 things that made no sense on Hannah Montana, because I know one of the things, well, I know number one was like the Robbie Ray connection on how he's Miley's dad and Hannah's dad is like number one on the list. And he um, doesn't but- change his name. Yes, and he doesn't change his name. And the thumbnail is like just a picture of like Hannah next to Robbie with the mustache and like an arrow pointing to the mustache. Like, oh, <laughs> the mustache. Anyway, um, I know that like Lily being a good singer often and just a really bad singer in this episode um, is was, was on the list and it was close to the top because it's so blatant and it's not just like something that's hard to explain. It's like a clear contradiction. And not just that, it's not just like a one-off thing where... It's like the entire episode is about something that was not true in a past episode. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised (laughs) because (laughs) I feel like I I can't think off the top of my head what's like the closest comparison, but like they've definitely done something almost exactly like that before. I... You mentioned, so when, when they play the like doctored version of the CD for Lily, she's like, wow, I sound incredible. I, I didn't know I was such a good singer. It reminded me um, of the episode of Friends where Phoebe gets like approached to like, pro- like have like a professional career. They like want to make her song Smelly Cat into like a big hit single. And they end up dubbing her voice with just some random woman. <laughs> and and Phoebe watches it and everyone, all of her friends are like, uh, because they know it's not her. And she's like, wow, I'm incredible. <laughs> so I've definitely seen that trope done before. <laughs> all right. So now that You're I know like, that Friends episode exists, um, 
this idea was stolen from friends. I'm like 95% sure that they washed the friends up and said, hey, let's, let's do that. <laughs> no, I think you're probably right. I think, I think they definitely, cause I mean, it's not like what, like the makers of Hannah Montana didn't watch friends with like the entire rest of the world when it was on. I mean, <laughs> I, I just, did. Uh, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think that's probably what the inspiration for that was. <laughs> But so anyway, Lily thinks she's a great singer. And then the next day at school or like someday at school, Mr. Corelli's like, hey, listen up, freshman. And it's just like the open like quad it's of just the like, school or whatever. Yeah, uh, where everyone just is. Yeah. And I'm like, why not make an announcement like in the homeroom or something? Like, why is he like, he's like standing on the stairs. It's, it reminded me of like high school musical with like Sharpay is like just standing at, at the top of those stairs, this like not yelling at want. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mr. But, Quill, he like walked out of his classroom, walked down the stairs a little bit. And Elizabeth was like, I'm only going to say this once. So <laughs> then it was not here. You better take the responsibility of telling them. And he says, like, yeah. he says, like, the circus for the freshman fundraiser is no longer available. And then everyone was, like, actually sad about it, which I was I kind know. of surprised by. I was like, is the circus cool? <laughs> is, like, everyone was really looking forward to the circus. I was very taken aback by that as well. He was like, listen up, freshmen. So, you know that circus I hired? They can't make it. And everyone's like, oh, no. Oh. And I'm like, you guys would not care that much. <laughs> <laughs> like a mandatory school event is gonna not have like circus performers a at it. Like, they wouldn't care. <laughs> um, but uh, he's like, okay, because we can't get circus performers, Amber came up with an alternate idea, which is to do karaoke night, where all of you will be forced to sing in front of your classmates. <laughs> Wait, did we say that I'll be forced to, or? No, but that's like that's like what people take away from it because everyone's saying, "Oh, I don't want to do that." Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, like, karaoke nights are like fun when it's like you and your friends. But if it was like everyone in your class, like that would suck. <laughs> like, yes, it probably even would. If, even if people were good, it would still not be very fun because it would be like the good people showing off, and then everyone else just like trying their best which is kind of what it turned into yeah see the karaoke is is fun because you get a mix of all kinds of talent levels at least at least in theory well you get to hear what you know songs people would choose to sing and all that although at this karaoke night everybody exclusively sings hannah montana which is really yes, funny all two singers yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I think we're probably if if Amber is like because we know she's like a big Hannah Montana fan or something, yeah. So, and this was her idea, so maybe she was like, "All right, everyone, I'm just brought all my Hannah Montana CDs, my Hannah Montana mix CDs, and that's exactly <laughs> what we're going to be doing here." Yeah, I mean, it was definitely interesting. I, I, one thing that I feel like we don't talk about much about the HMU is just how popular Hannah Montana seems to be. Like, there doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be anyone at their school, except for, like, that boy from, like, episode four or whatever. There doesn't seem to be anyone at their school that doesn't listen to Hannah Montana. And mm-hmm. everybody knows all the words to all the songs. And 
I I just I find it very interesting that in this universe there is any artist that is like so universally popular. <laughs> like even with like the most popular acts today, I mean there's always somebody who's like a little contrarian that's like actually I don't really get it. And like that's fine, but we just have zero evidence of that in the Hannah Montana universe. Everybody is always a Hannah fan. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Besides, you know, that guy she went on the disaster date with, he was like, hey, I don't really like Hannah Montana. And I guess like I guess... Selena Gomez, but that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Michaela. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I feel like it would kind of feel like a redone storyline if they brought someone who was like, yeah, yeah, I don't really like Hannah Montana. And then Miley had some sort of like crisis about how someone doesn't like her. Which, I mean, if she, she does seem to care a lot when people don't like her. And I'm like, you're a celebrity. You need to get okay with people not liking you. You are on a Mm -hmm. global stage right now. (laughs) Yeah. So they announced it's going to be karaoke night. And then Amber and Ashley go over to Miley and Lily. And Amber, like, really goes after Miley pretty hard. And is like, you're probably too gutless to sing in front of people. And they call her and Lily the tone-deaf twins. And I'm like, like, where did this reputation come from? Exactly. I was like, why do you think Miley can't sing? Are you just purely being mean? Like, like how embarrassed would Amber be if Miley went up on stage and out sang her, which she can do like easily. Why, why, why challenge her that much? (laughs) Because like, what if she takes you up on it and she's better than you? (laughs) You know what I just thought of right now? That would have been the perfect time for Miley to reveal her secret to everyone. If Amber's like, ah, I bet you can't even sing. And then she just like pulls her wig out of her pocket and reveals that she's Hannah Montana right then and there. Everyone's favorite singer. <laughs> yeah, everyone's favorite singer. <laughs> also, I mean, you mentioned the bone dance earlier. Like Miley was like singing that at school. She she wasn't like singing full out or anything, but like she clearly wasn't tone deaf. And like, I'm sure I'm sure everybody in the school heard about the bone dance because it was such a big deal that day. <laughs> yeah. It must have. Oh, well, either alternate canon through it was all a dream. We've established this. Yes, That's how we yes, must yes. explain it away. <laughs> Amber refers to Lily as Smelly Clarkson because they have to shoehorn in Kelly Clarkson in some way. And then Ashley calls Lily Celine Peon. Not, not quite as good of a comeback, but... <laughs> I feel like I feel like we could brainstorm better things than that, but maybe that was what they were going for. Um, <laughs> probably, yeah, they were probably like, "Oh, Ashley's insults aren't as good." Yeah, yeah. Lily is very excited to prove them wrong. She's like, "You guys don't even know. I'm an amazing singer. I'm gonna wipe the fucking stage with you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're gonna go crying to your mommy when I'm done singing." Um, but <laughs> my Miley's singing like, will destroy your spirits. Yeah. <laughs> Miley's like, oh shit, (laughs) because now Lily has pledged to sing in front of the entire uh, class, including Amber and Ashley, who, as we know, are very vicious. So she's like, well, (laughs) everybody, everybody's caught between like a rock and a hard place for like most of this episode. Miley is for the first bit. And then once Lily finds out, she's also in there and she's like, oh gosh, (laughs) what am I going to do? Miley's like, I guess I can try and help Lily be a better singer. And she like tries to do scales with her, but Lily just like sings the wrong notes again, which like she still has ears, you know? (laughs) 
Yeah, I because when Miley here was trying to help Lily with the scales or whatever it was, I don't think it was scales, but anyway, she was doing like try to hit all of the notes. And I couldn't help but think about like that that's terrible advice. Like how how is that helping her? Like just do better. That's basically what you're saying. Yeah, tell her how to hit better notes. Yeah, help her. Come on. Yeah, I has uh, like okay, I know Miley has natural talent. But, like, she has to have had singing lessons at some point if she's a professional at this level. She must have a vocal coach. She must know, you know, here are exercises you can do that will actually help you. But she decides not to do that, I guess. she She's desperate, but she's not that desperate to actually try something that would work. Um, yeah, she just tries <laughs> to say, hey, try to sing all of the notes, Lily. All right, I have something to, I have something to say about, about what happens next. Because, yeah. okay, so Robbie Ray walks in. Um, and Miley kind of like gives him the hint that like she needs his help. Uh, so he actually starts to step in and help. And then in my notes, I, I wrote something, I wrote like, I wish we saw more of this kind of Robbie Ray instead of him always being like, Oh, you're on your own to figure out your own mess, which like he defends as being like the type of parenting that fosters, I don't know, independent problem solving or whatever, but it's actually just him being lazy. And then... And then, like, a minute later, he just, he leaves, and I was like, all right, ignore my last point, because he's like, well, (laughs) Lily, you remind me of Johnny Cash. Why don't you talk your songs like Johnny Cash? And then Miley's like, maybe it's time that you, and then he goes, leave, all right. And I'm like, all right, so everything I just wrote is, is, you know, totally off the table now. Yeah, I think there's definitely a case we made to say that Robbie Ray is very uh, hands-on and you know, serious when it comes to punishing his kids, but when it comes to actually helping them through difficult situations, he's always like, you're on your own. You're going to have to grow up someday. Yeah. (laughs) I did like him in this scene. I wish he would have helped more, but I mean, they landed on a solution pretty quick. So I guess whatever. Um, But yeah, when, (laughs) when Robbie Ray says to Lily that he reminds her, uh, he reminds him of another singer lily goes beyonce shakira i'm like okay girl you can be delusional you don't <laughs> have to be bit. you don't have to be crazy <laughs> like you're still a little 14 year old white girl you don't sound like shakira <laughs> yeah um but yeah robbie ray is like no johnny cash he just talks <laughs> so you should just talk the song which actually is relatively decent advice i guess i mean i haven't met but that's okay because you will be asking for me one day that's what robbie ray does yeah i if lily had actually gone through and done that i mean i don't i still think it would have been a bit of a letdown from all the hype she was talking like she wouldn't have like outperformed amber but like at least she wouldn't have actively embarrassed herself you know yeah like i think the rest of the class wouldn't have like had a problem with it uh no well they would have framed it in such a way so it was like how you're not even singing you're just talking you're so untalented (laughs) i mean that's what like amber and ashley would have said but i think by the end we kind of reveal that like the class is more supportive than uh amber and ashley would have you to believe (laughs) yes i think i think they're way more dramatic than everybody else ever cares to be um but in any case, Miley realizes that basically the only way forward is to just tell Lily the truth. So she plays her the undoctored recording, and uh, and Lily at first is like, "What did you do to my voice?" 
Yeah. Um, and at first she's like kind of offended that Miley um, like remixed her in the first place. But then she's like, wait, shit. I told everyone I was good. <laughs> and yeah. so now Lily is like, I mean, the the good th- thing about telling her is now they've got two heads instead of one trying to formulate a solution. And they basically decide that uh, Miley's going to sing the song and Lily is going to lip sync to Miley singing live, which uh, I guess I struggle with this a little bit because it would make more sense and it would avoid what ended up being the eventual problem if Miley recorded a version of herself singing as Lily to the track and then Lily just lip sync to that. But then if something went wrong with the CD, well, also, even if nothing went wrong, people would be like, you're just lip syncing to Hannah Montana, which is, yeah. I'm kind of surprised nobody thought that that was what was happening as she was doing it. Like, I yeah, mean, okay. Okay. We'll get to that when we, <laughs> when we get there, because I have plenty of things to say about that as well. Um, but here I was, I was kind of more surprised that like Lily wasn't more upset that Miley had lied to her. She was just like, Oh no, I'm bad. And I'm like, Oh no, you, you misled me. And, and otherwise I wouldn't have gotten myself into this situation. Yeah. I mean, it does seem like something that Lily would be mad about, but also Lily, Lily and Miley think in very similar ways. I, I am willing to accept that she would see where Miley was coming from and, not have that big of a problem with it once she like sat on it for a while. But I don't know. I don't know what my reaction would be. I guess I'd be upset. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess, no, maybe it's not that I was surprised that Lily didn't act that way. I was just more surprised the show writers wouldn't take it that way. Like, Oh, now they're in a fight. Cause she lied. I mean, Yeah. I feel like if it weren't for the upcoming like looming threat of the karaoke night, that that would have probably been the plot of the rest of the episode was like Miley and Lily, like having this fight and having to reconcile. Um, But they'd already given themselves like a bigger, higher stakes thing to worry about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. It kind of, kind of feels like, like um, I think, I think, Rick, when he was on one of the achy jakey hard episodes, really nailed it when he said, "Like, oh, it doesn't. The show doesn't uh, subvert or adhere to sitcom tropes. It just kind of wanders around like a lost child in the woods." Because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like most of the time, when you're writing anything like a story, you have an idea of where you want it to end, and just there just feels like with these, they're dropping them into a situation and like seeing where they end up after 22 minutes, and sometimes yeah, it's like not even like- an ending. They're like, we'll just write whatever comes to mind and wherever we'll see we what have they to do. stop, we'll stop, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really feel like that was the best way to sum up like pretty much every episode of Hannah Montana. It doesn't really, yeah. like you think it's going to go this way because that's what any other show would do. And then they're just like, eh, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like, eh, how about we don't worry sit about on the it <laughs> or something? <laughs> So, and I even feel like this episode kind of did that on some level. I feel like it was like slightly better resolution than some more recent ones, but still pretty like lackluster. So at the karaoke night, Amber sings Bigger Than Us and she sings it like she's only heard it like maybe once because like (laughs) she like 
puts emphasis on different words and like holds notes for different amounts of times and stuff. And some of it is that she's like, uh, she has like a very diva style of singing where like she does a lot of runs and she, uh, you know, wants you to notice like how good her voice is. She cares less about the actual content of the song, but I was like, what version of bigger than us did they play for her? Did they play her the demo version? And then was like, okay, go. (laughs) Well, they probably told her to like ham it up a little bit more and, you know, make it a little more show offy than, than the original version sounds. I feel like that is very much within Amber, Amber's style to be like, oh, yeah, I'll improve upon the original with my own flair. <laughs> so, uh, Oliver, I guess, the way they describe this is just nonsense. It's not real. But <laughs> Oliver, like, I guess, patched the mics together uh, <laughs> or did the sound system <laughs> or whatever. So that Miley like, is ripped sitting... the wires and then connected them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so- like that but but Miley's sitting in a room in the school while Lily will be out on the stage and Miley's mic will be live and Lily will just lip sync and they plant in our heads look there's a tarantula in this room but it's in a cage (laughs) and (laughs) as soon as I saw the tarantula I was like oh I remember how this goes I had forgotten about what sent it awry but as soon as I saw it I was like that's right (laughs) classic mm-hmm. one kind of minor thing about this is that they call it karaoke night but it, it's not it's just singing on a stage like karaoke you're supposed to have like the words on a screen that right, everyone can yeah. see and this is just like who wants to come sing a song on stage yeah it's more like a talent show where you can only do one talent like <laughs> yeah and where you volunteer just the day of or those minute of yeah, and like you better know the words to every Hannah Montana song because those are the only CDs that they have instrumentals <laughs> that Amber brought for you to sing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Lily goes up, she starts to sing. Um, it's going well, <laughs> but Amber and Ashley are like, she sounds just like, and they're like, I can't believe she sounds so good. And I'm like, would would they not jump to that she's just lip syncing because it sounds exactly like Hannah Montana? I Yeah, here's here's what I was thinking. Okay, because there are a lot of different angles you could you could look at this from. All right, first of all, Lily can see Miley in like the little science room from where she's standing on stage, which means other people could just turn around and see her too, see her singing. So they could see A that Lily's lip syncing and think she's lip syncing to Hannah Montana. Or they could have seen Miley and be like, oh, she's lip syncing to Miley, but it still sounds exactly like Hannah Montana. And then I was thinking like, if Miley were doing this, if Miley were singing with her own voice on karaoke night, then a lot of people may still think like, oh, this sounds like Hannah Montana. Therefore, she's lip syncing. But what we would probably think is, oh, how don't they realize that Miley is Hannah Montana? So I was wondering... I knew they definitely weren't going to do this, but it would have Mm -hmm. been, once again, a much better and more fun idea for them to go, Lily sounds exactly like Hannah Montana. Is Lily Hannah Montana? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so what ends up happening, because I'm very confused as to where, like, the rest of everybody in this scene lands on what actually happened, because... 
Miley accidentally nudges open the tarantula cage. The tarantula starts crawling on her while she's singing and she like struggles through the rest of the song and eventually gets like tangled in like a fake spider web and like falls and stops singing and all this. Everybody piles onto Lily and is like, that's so embarrassing. Turns out you can't sing after all. And I was like, wait, what do they think happened? (laughs) How is that your takeaway from what just happened? Right, because they didn't hear Lily sing. Do they think that Lily was like just freaking out on stage even though she looked normal? Like, I, because... I couldn't tell. I legitimately could not tell if they noticed that it had been Miley and that that was the problem or if they thought that Lily had done something or that they thought that she had been lip syncing. I I could not tell you what they thought happened. All right. here Here's, I think, what they thought happened. So Lily starts singing and she sounds great. And then she just starts singing badly. And that's it. They're like, wow, you were great. But now actually it turns out that you're not good. Even though we just heard you sing the first verse and chorus perfectly well. But see, so yeah, like- it doesn't make any sense. But then, okay, here's where it gets even worse. Um, <laughs> is that, so Oliver, because everyone's laughing. Oliver's like, stop laughing. At least she had the guts to get up there. Then Miley says, he's right. Sure, Lily doesn't have a great voice. And I just, like, that was your voice, Miley. That, that was you singing. Yeah, I think I, this this is why I was so confused. Because theoretically, these people can believe that Lily had, like, a strong start to the song. And then, I don't know, got nervous or something and started sounding weird. She still didn't sound, like, as bad as Lily normally sounds. And yeah. nobody's heard what Lily sounds like. Nobody. Except Miley and Oliver. And so why Miley is like, sure, Lily's a bad singer is beyond me. Like, is she trying to cover her own ass to be like, that wasn't me singing in the science room. It wasn't me at all. Like, I don't, I was so confused as to how they tried to tie this up. (laughs) Yeah, there was, it feels like they had like seven different writers working on it who all wanted to pull it in a different direction. Which I think is the the vibe we get with a lot of these recent episodes, but yeah, it's just it's it's really sloppy, and I think Miley is stepping in there to be trying is assuming that everyone thinks it was just Lily who messed up, and Miley's like, yeah, sure, Lily messed up, but but whatever. And then where where it gets really weird is that Lily tells Mr. Crowley, I want to do over, and then does it again and just sounds totally different than she did the first time. And everyone's like, yeah, go Lily. Yeah, I. <sighs> In terms of, like, the resolution for the characters, I thought it was, like, sweet. But in terms of, like, technicality of all of it, it just doesn't add up. (laughs) Yeah. And, like... Not at all. She sounded exactly like Hannah Montana. And then when she went up to sing um, Life's What You Make It, she sounded like herself singing badly i'm like what would the average student who's sitting there at karaoke night think just happened like i i I would start to get suspicious i think i'd be like there's something going on here that they're not telling us (laughs) yeah the more I've, i've watched this show i think the first time i came on here i said that like when i had binged hannah montana i felt my brain so slowly and slowly dying but like I I the more the more I think about this show, like it's 
really it's kind of like it insults its audience a lot with like ah they won't care and not only that i feel like it's putting a lot of stock into like oh yeah ninth graders are too stupid to pick up on the fact that none of this makes any sense yeah i i don't know i mean i i i just genuinely don't think they thought about any of it (laughs) i think I think it didn't even occur to them that it was like an insult to the audience or to the tertiary characters of Hannah Montana. I think they were just like, whatever. (laughs) (sighs) They were like, we don't care. Why would anybody else care? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And also I wanted to mention this about Amber and Ashley, which is that like, now it seems like pretty much throughout the whole episode, no one really cares about Amber and Ashley and Amber's still like karaoke night. Everyone loves my singing. And no one seems to like, treat them like the whatever popular kids they think they are which is a big 180 from like the the popular ranking episode where amber and ashley were like lily and miley are the worst kids and then no one sat with them so i guess from like middle school to high school maybe that's the the big shift that amber and ashley don't have as much status as they did yeah i i again don't know how intentional any of it was but i do think that uh that there's a case to be made that Amber and Ashley still think that they're very important when actually moving from the smaller pool of middle school into the much larger pool of high school with kids from different schools and kids in different grades and everything. I just don't think anybody gives a shit about them. (laughs) I think they, they think that they have so much power over everyone, but I think just nobody cares at this point. And I did Lily and Miley they say continue something. to choose to pick on, you know, Millie, Miley and Lily and Oliver, but like they're kind of the only ones that they ever are seen interacting with. <laughs> yeah. Did Lily and Miley even say something near the end that was like, Congratulations, Amber, you're the best singer in the school. Only nobody cares, or something like that. Yeah, that like, is what ba- happened. Nobody cares. Yeah, so the episode ends with um basically them sort of rallying everybody and being like, listen, you know, singing is supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be who's the best. And, you know, you don't have to be perfect at singing to enjoy doing it. And I honestly thought Mr. Corelli was like really nice and supportive in this whole scene. It made me like have a lot more respect for him because Lily was like, Mr. Corelli, can I go again? And he was like, you got it, Lily, whatever you need. (laughs) He was like very supportive and uh, and everybody was, like, very nice to Lily, even as she was singing bad. And then, yeah, at the end, well, at the very end, everybody kind of takes a turn singing Life's What You Make It. Like, Oliver and Mr. Corelli and Rico all get up there. And then Lily and yeah. Miley are, turn to Amber and are like, yeah, you're the best singer in the school. Congratulations. Literally nobody cares. <laughs> and Amber, <laughs> like, storms off in a huff. She's, like, all upset that she has just, like, no influence over these people anymore. <laughs> Yeah, which is probably the more realistic thing. Like, no one really cares if someone's a good singer or not in real life. But, uh, and when, okay, here's another, uh, this continuity error. Um, Here, we're going to point out, like, what is it, like, the sixth one of this episode? Anyway, <laughs> when Oliver sings badly, um, the, I, I think I mentioned this, but, like, Oliver being a good singer actually becomes, like, an important arc in season three. And maybe they weren't thinking that far ahead, but they probably weren't. They probably don't even think ahead to the end of an episode that they're writing. But, but that's another one that that I that I noticed, and I think it kind of goes hand in hand with Lily. Like, oh, they're a good singer today, bad singer today. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember. Like, did they actually make Oliver like out and out bad in this? I just felt like he was just kind of whatever. Like, and 
Also, yeah, I feel well, like at this point everyone was sort of hamming it up, you know. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess we can explain this one away about being like Oliver was singing badly on purpose to make Lily feel better. Yeah, there we go. I like that. Yeah, we can say that. That's fine. Um, yeah, sure. I also want to say that when Lily decides to get up and sing "Life's What You Make It," she starts like at the chorus. Like she doesn't start at the beginning of the song. She starts like yeah, uh, right before the chorus. It was very weird. The alternate version. So that's the end of the A plot. Uh, I was very surprised to see Rico there at the end. I guess, I mean, he is a member of the freshman class, but Sarah wasn't there and Sarah's in the rest of the episode. Sarah was too busy doing whatever Sarah does. (laughs) So the B plot starts with Rico entering and he has like a very like thick head of hair on him. It's like, Mullet isn't the right word because it's not like long enough to be a mullet, but it's kind of like on its way to mullethood. <laughs> it's like um, yeah. it's like a greaser haircut without like the grease. Like it's still soft, <laughs> <laughs> and he also has a fake mustache, and he's dressed like a bullfighter. And he tells Jackson that his dad won his mom's heart dressed like that. And Jackson was like, your dad's a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. I don't think what he was wearing had anything to do with it. Um, and apparently Rico is dressed like this because he wants to woo Sarah because he really likes her. And I was like, this is an interesting little bit of intrigue because Rico goes to school with 14 year olds and only socializes with 14 year olds. but he himself is significantly younger and smaller than all those people. So yeah, what is happens to be like when 11? he gets a crush on someone? 12, 11? <laughs> I, I think, I mean, it's really hard to tell with him because he's so small, even for his age, you know? Yeah. I've always just assumed he's very young. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think 11 probably about now. But like, man, I, I couldn't really get into this B-plot that much just because... Rico having a crush on Sarah of all people is really not believable to me just because it's like, you know, Rico, you're, uh, you're, you come from like a bourgeoisie family and (laughs) Sarah uh, wrote a letter to the president um, to, you know, return Arizona to its indigenous peoples. Like those are conflicting things. (laughs) I know. I think they were like, who is the most, shocking person we could say Rico has a crush on um yeah I will say that like Sarah is so written ahead of her time she (laughs) Sarah would fit right in today but back then like I I can't believe how well they nailed her characterization like 10 years too early (laughs) like yeah well it's it's more so like I I do have a lot of because, like, if Sarah existed, like, Sarah could be a great protagonist of a show, like, that comes out this year that yeah. everyone would really love. Um, but I think I've mentioned this before, is that she just totally played for laughs in 2007. Which, exactly. Like, which does bother me. And, like, especially when the one when Jackson, when she's talking to Jackson, and she's like, the president got my letter and agreed to give Arizona back to the Apaches. And, like, it's so and then like the laugh track place of course and it's like so condescending towards her just because she's like 
the only kind character on the entire show. Oh, she like she's just like I wish land could be returned to its indigenous people, and the show was like ha ha ha, naive little girl. Don't you know colonialism is great? When you know, really it's like <laughs> Sarah's correct. Uh, death to colonial empires. But anyway, I mean, I don't think anyone in the target audience of this in 2007 knew what the fuck she had just said. Like, I don't think because it just wasn't part of like mainstream talking points at that point. And also, like, I certainly don't think. I mean, when I was in middle school, like, it was a different time. And it wasn't that long ago. But it like, in terms of how far our culture and cultural, like, um, moral ideas have shifted, it is like seismic. And I've been thinking about this a lot, because I've been rewatching stuff from around that era. And I'm just like, God, things changed so fast in the public consciousness. Um, Because, Mm -hmm. like, they even make a crack about her, like, wanting something gluten-free in this, which, like, this is, like, way before, you know, gluten intolerance was, like, something everybody knew about. <laughs> I mean... Wait, I don't even remember. Like, I didn't pick up on that. It was just like, oh, yeah, sometimes people want gluten-free stuff. Like, when, when, when even was that? So, Jackson says that Sarah, that, like, his idea of a good time isn't sitting by the campfire with Sarah eating gluten-free marshmallows. And I was like, hold on a second. Because I was pretty sure marshmallows were gluten-free, just, just like, as a baseline. And I looked it up, and sure enough, the vast majority of marshmallows on the market are just gluten-free, you know, by nature. So, like, I don't know why that was the food that they chose to, like, be like, stupid Sarah with her stupid gluten-free good for the planet or whatever. And I'm like, most marshmallows are gluten-free. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, there's a chance Jackson's never had a marshmallow with gluten in, it in his life. <laughs> yeah, probably. I think probably that this is probably just Jackson being an idiot because Sarah's like, and then we can eat our marshmallows because they're gluten-free. And then Jackson's like, oh, that sounds good for you or whatever. <laughs> Women be high maintenance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I don't know if you're gonna gonna move on, but like, there's a line that I think we must discuss. Uh-huh. You might know what I'm talking about. Right before Jackson goes to talk to Sarah, mm-hmm. uh, where where Jackson's like, "All right, Rico, but lose the stash, or the next thing you know, she inhales it during a kiss. You become the laughing stock of the school, and you're forced to move from Tennessee to California." Oh my God! So I this whole time <laughs> we thought they moved to California to make Miley's like music career more doable. It actually happened because Jackson's <laughs> girlfriend swallowed his fake mustache. I mean, I doubt that that was the exclusive reason, but it sh- probably helped speed the process along. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I caught that he said something there, but I like wasn't paying enough attention when he said it, and I was like, I'm not going to rewind. It probably wasn't important, so I'm glad. I was you like, wait, wait, that. wait, back that up. I need to I need to take this down. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's we've been getting a lot of rich Jackson backstory lately, and I <laughs> yeah. I wish everything that they're just putting in these like throwaway exposition lines that like those would be the actual B plots. Like that would be so much more interesting. Like this and like, like his the, rager uh, from the, the sleepwalking episode. Yeah. 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 Exactly. The party that where the plane had to land on the highway that they just mentioned, but never showed that that should have been the B plot, right? That's way more interesting. That should have been the A plot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they keep, telling us these incredible Jackson stories, but not showing them to us. And it's such a tease because it's always so much better than what he's actually doing. Um. (laughs) Here he's just like, let me spray my hair. Like, where's the airplane? Whatever. 
Yeah, yeah. We the people demand the airplane scene, Jackson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Rico is like, Jackson, you need to go talk to Sarah, find out how she feels about me. Um, and I was like, it was one of those moments where I don't know if I just deep down remembered it, but didn't know I remembered it, or if I was just too smart for the show. I was like, oh, she's going to be into Jackson instead. She's going to think that he's talking about himself. And sure enough, <laughs> yeah. Um, he goes over and he's like, hey, Sarah, someone is kind of into you, but he's really shy and he just, you know, wanted me to talk to you first. And <laughs> and this part was very funny to me. And I thought it was kind of smart on the writer's part. She was like, does he go to my school? And Jackson's like, yeah. Is he not the tallest guy? (laughs) And he's like, yeah. And she's just like, oh, Jackson, I feel the same way. (laughs) Yeah, that was very funny. Um, I mean, I I am curious as to how Sarah developed this crush on Jackson. Because I don't think they have interacted much. Yeah, I don't think we've ever seen them speak to each other on Jackson's part. Like if you're, if you're your employer, which Rico is asked you to do something <laughs> like this, I feel like you need to be more direct. You need to start, you need to open with like, so what do you think about Rico? Yeah. Don't play it. Coy. So, <laughs> yeah. Don't play around. Don't play around because you know, that's how things get misinterpreted and like, okay. I know like Jackson's age is, is a pretty constant topic. I mean, Jason Earl's age, but like even the character Jackson is like two years older than Sarah. Yeah. Jason Earl's here is 30. The actor who plays Sarah Morgan York was 14. I did think about that watching this. <laughs> yeah. I looked it up. I'm like, okay, yeah, she was probably like 15, 14 years old. I looked it up like, yep, she's 14. He's literally twice her age. Um, yeah. More than twice. Yeah. <laughs> I did think that was probably, I was, I was thinking like, if I were Jason Earls and I had to do this for my like children's television show, it, I would probably feel a little weird. <laughs> I'm yes. sure he was very nice about it. And I'm sure he's a very nice guy and was like very easy to work with. But I mean, yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> also but no, about J- Jackson, like I would, you wouldn't you have expected him to like, cause like Sarah goes right away to be like, to hug him be like, Jackson, I like you too. And Jackson would be like, no, 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 not me. No, sorry, Sarah, not me. Just like continues hugging her as Rico walks off in anger, like rips off his mustache and walks off in anger. Yeah. I, I also don't quite know why Jackson spared Sarah's feelings this much because again, he doesn't really know her yeah. and I mean, maybe he just is suddenly choosing to be really nice to girls, but that's not super in line with his character thus far. I mean, he, I mean, I guess it is like nice on Jackson's part that he doesn't want to hurt Sarah's feelings, but I am very surprised that he wasn't like, hey, no, (laughs) are you crazy? (laughs) Yeah. And like he took it, he took it too far, definitely. Which I mean, that's how you like. They were trying to squeeze like as much television out of this nothing plotline as possible. But like Jackson, like the normal thing to do was just to be like, you can nicely say that you misunderstood me, Sarah. But instead, he has to, you know, buy a bunch of hairspray and make everything much more complicated than it has to be. Yeah. So. After Rico sees them hugging and like storms off, the next scene we get of the B plot is Rico like very angrily drinking milk, <laughs> like on the beach. Um, and uh, 
they they mentioned later that ja- that uh, Rico is lactose intolerant, and Rico's like, "You think I care right now?" <laughs> <laughs> He's like doing shots of milk. Um, yeah, strawberry <laughs> milk. I think it was. <laughs> He is, of course, very mad at Jackson for kind of stealing Sarah away from him. And this is where Jackson's like, you think my idea of a good time is roasting gluten-free marshmallows? And I'm like, dude. (laughs) Um, But Rico's like, I only care about Sarah and her happiness. um, So you have to crush her heart so that she comes crawling to me. And I'm like, really? You think she's the one she'd like go to for advice about her breakup with Jackson? (laughs) Yeah. She doesn't know him that well either. Yeah, she really doesn't. Uh, yeah, and that's oh, that's so toxic. Like this reminded me. I don't. Okay, I I'm not gonna tell this entire story because I actually looked for it and couldn't find it. But I think there was like some sort of like Reddit post at one point that was like, oh, my, when my my husband was drunk the other night and he told me that when he was when he first wanted to start dating me, he like hired this really attractive guy to go out on a date with me and then and then like be mean to me so that then that she would like he would go out with her or something i don't know and it was just (laughs) that was totally warped and like they had already been married for six years or something like that and this this rico saying this reminds me of this where it's like oh yeah you need to break her heart so that she comes crawling to me that's the great foundation upon which to build a relationship that's psychotic. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> that that's insane. Yeah, that's that is very in line with what like a lot of television men do. <laughs> and yes, exactly. It's, it's like no wonder men are like, why don't women, you know, trust guys? We're not all like that. And it's like, well, when we're constantly being told that you guys do this kind of thing, <laughs> you, yeah. can't, you can't expect us to just like be chill all the time. We have to be on high alert for intricate schemes Mm. i mean yes yes there's a chance that you are an employee (laughs) yes there's a chance someone hired you to be mean to me yeah exactly that's horrifying um also i guess sarah wants her and jackson to get typhoid shots so that they can like go build houses somewhere and rico's like that should be me getting a typhoid shot and i'm like are you even old enough yeah, in Tanzania, which is so unlike Rico to be interested in, like, going to build houses. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the episode yeah, directly before yeah. this, uh, Rico was trying to be nicer because he thought that he was cursed. So maybe if this oh, had right. lined up with that, he would have wanted to do it. But <laughs> but just in his normal stasis, <laughs> it doesn't exactly seem like his kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like... I think it's the scene after this one. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, where Jackson's doing all the hairspray and like mm-hmm. littering, throwing all the cans on the ground. And I always find like like people pretending to not care about global warming, especially like in this era, can deliver some pretty funny lines sometimes. And when Jackson is like, so my grandkids will never see a polar bear. Big whoop. I never saw a dinosaur and you don't see me crying about it. <laughs> That was a good line, and also it like hit a little too close for me. <laughs> I was like, as someone with a lot of existential fear about the future of this planet and my future mm. offspring, I uh, I don't love it. <laughs> yes, and yeah. So this scene, Jackson's like, okay, I'm going to take a different approach. Which also, if he just said to Sarah, 
you know, there was a mix up. I didn't actually want to go out with you and like been straight with her from the beginning. I don't think this would have been a problem, but nobody can ever just yeah. talk normally to each other on this show. So Jackson yeah, instead like such is a like, theme, like, just be honest and then you won't have a plot. Like every single plot on this show or most of them revolve around dishonesty. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Especially with this one, like, what is the the obsession with like not telling the truth? I don't understand. And like, obviously, this is a trope that I think has showed up on this show before, and like almost every sitcom of this style, which is like, oh, I don't want to break up with them. Why don't I just act gross and make them break up with me? <laughs> and it's on every single show of this type that you could ever possibly watch. And, and it always yeah, backfires. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Except I, I feel mean, like on Drake and Josh, it like actually worked perfectly and the episode ended with it working great. Because I don't know, I feel like I feel like Drake found out the girl he was dating was like his the teacher who hates him's daughter or something like that. And he was like, Oh, if I break up with her, then the teacher's gonna hate me even more. So he just like got her to break up with him and it just worked. And that was hmm. that was it. Yeah, I um I'm interested to see if there's any follow-up on how this B-plot ends because it, like, so Jackson decides he's going to try and get Sarah to dump him by using a ton of hairspray, which is bad for the ozone. And uh, he tosses all the cans, like, on the ground. And Sarah's like, you need to dispose of that properly. He's like, I'm just going to throw it in the ocean, whatever. And, (laughs) And then Sarah realizes that she's like, oh, well, if I stay with you, I can work on protecting the planet by making you better. So it's a win-win. And Jackson is finally like, listen, Sarah, I only was talking to you because Rico likes you. But then Rico walks by with a girl named Rosalita. And she actually appears to be age appropriate and like relatively Mm -hmm. his size. So like good for Rico. But because of that, Sarah then doesn't believe what Jackson's saying because Rico clearly doesn't care about Sarah anymore. And she's like, you know what, Jackson, you just must not be emotionally ready to go out with me. So I'm willing to wait for you. And Jackson's like, I'm not worth waiting for. Just ask anybody. And then literally everybody on the beach goes, yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Which is really funny. That was really funny. Uh I feel like I think there was a similar scene at some point where I feel like it involved all of I don't remember what it was, but where they were like, ask anyone on the beach. And then everyone on the beach is like, we agree or something. <laughs> but this was this was the scene that was stuck in my head with Rico and Jackson going, Sarah, Rosalita, like yeah. three times back and forth. Which is just, just, it doesn't make any sense as a scene besides to just like, oh, rolling your R's. That's so foreign and funny. But it just, you know, it's going to be stuck in my brain forever. <laughs> Yeah, so I I am curious as to if they ever call back to this thing between Jackson and Sarah again because she's like I'll wait for you and I'll like eventually date you later and I do wonder if there's ever like scenes that they're both in again where she like I don't know is like I'm still waiting Jackson I don't know I'm I'm excited to see if it ever comes up I don't have high hopes but <laughs> but I am curious. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't hold your breath. I think they probably just totally forgot about it. <laughs> like most things. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the episode. Uh, that's all that technically happens. Was there anything we didn't touch on that we need to address? Um, I don't think specifically with uh, in this episode. But like, like one thing I feel like um, you've been talking about a lot recently on here is how most of these episodes don't 
like scratch the surface of their potential at all and how a lot mm-hmm. of times you feel like you can make it better with like half an hour of work um <laughs> like i don't know what okay this might not sound like that nice so i just want to assure everyone that i do like this show but having <laughs> said that i think it's like the worst show of all time like, <laughs> like, like okay i get okay i guess like what, what, what i mean to say is that like it's it's like the worst crafted show of all. Like okay, like I just finished watching um Ducktales 2017, and it was really good. Like every detail of the lore and the universe and every character was like so meticulously planned out, and it really requires a lot of like engagement and it asks like a lot of the audience. And then we compare that to Hannah Montana, where like they can't even decide whether Lily's a good singer or not, like <laughs> like whereas Ducktales like you know asks its audience to do a lot of thinking. Hannah Montana like requires that you do little to no thinking because even the most like the biggest slam dunks of continuity are totally butchered in the writer's room like i don't even know how anyone who like worked on the writing for this show isn't embarrassed beyond comprehension at how little care and thought was put into the construction of some of these episodes it really is but i do like the show yeah i mean like i i have a lot of fun watching it and also it just coming back to it it just there's the thing is you see the potential in pretty much every episode you see the potential for how this could go and how it could be well constructed and they just like don't give a shit about structure or about creating satisfying endings to episodes they just are like like rick said i think he really hit the nail on the head with that analogy they're like okay we're gonna start here then we're gonna just wander around in the woods for a while aimlessly and And you know and then the episode will end (laughs) And who cares if it lives up to its potential? Who cares if it feels satisfying and like a coherent ending? They just they just don't care. They're like, let's just write these characters talking and like getting into antics and not actually learning anything. And I mean, to even compare it to a show that came like before it, that's very similar. A show like Lizzie McGuire, for example, which had the same running time, was on the same network, had the same target audience. And pretty much every episode of Lizzie McGuire is put together very well and has like a clear beginning, middle, end, clear stakes, clear resolution always that feels genuine. And then this show, it's just like, okay, we have a problem. We're going to try some different ways to solve it. It might work. And then the episode will be over (laughs) and no one will have learned anything. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like this isn't as much of a problem on any other Disney channel show that like nothing makes any sense at all. Like, which I think really speaks to the, the power of marketing, which is that like this show is clearly the least thought out out of all of them. And yet it's, it remains to be the most popular one. Yeah. It still has a huge fan base. And I mean, it, it made a really big star out of its lead and the music is good. And, you know, it was, it made a ton of money just off like soundtracks and merchandise. And yeah, I think they realized that, you know, they didn't have to put in very much effort for it to still be a cash cow. <laughs> and so they were like, eh, we'll mm. just skate. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I, I will say that like, I feel like there's like a few different categories of Hannah Montana episode quality levels. Like there's genuinely funny, if maybe not well-constructed. There's, 
you know, it's got some good moments, but it's mostly forgettable. There's like pure forgettable. Nothing is of any consequence. And then there's like, and then there's bad moose rising. Bad. <laughs> bad moose rising. Yeah. <laughs> Where just everything that happens, you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and this, I think, was nothing of consequence happens, mostly forgettable, but has its moments, you know, like it's still pleasant to watch. You know, it wasn't like, I mean, yeah. the sleepwalking episode and like the episode with the two bathrooms, both of those, I was like, when is this over? Those both felt like they were so long, despite being the same 20 minutes as every other episode. <laughs> yeah, I think probably like the weirdest episode of Hannah Montana was the one where she like lost her voice and had to get the surgery. Then half of it oh, was a God. dream with her mom in it. And then there was there was no resolution. It was it was so strange. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you heard, I like was losing my mind in that where I'm like, this feels paranormal and nobody's talking about it. And they were just brushing it aside. The fact that like this ghost can talk to her family <laughs> in the Hannah Montana universe. <laughs> well, okay. I'm, I, okay. My memory's a little fuzzy on that one, but I remember thinking like, oh, I don't think it's paranormal. I think it's just a dream. Like, I don't think. Lily and Oliver and everyone else was actually conscious within Miley's imagination. No, but Robbie Ray was because after Miley leaves the dream, he and his dead wife have like a conversation. And then like, he has a dream later that calls back to the conversation from Miley's dream. <laughs> I was like, are you what sure, is going on? Are you sure that the initial conversation wasn't, just Robbie Ray's dream? Yes, because it was part of Miley's dream. It happened, okay, and then so Miley is seen smiling in her bed. Maybe that conversation between them and Miley's dream, I don't remember the details of the conversation, but there's a chance that like it had happened in real life, and Miley was kind of remembering it, and so that's why Robbie Ray knew about it, because it was a conversation that had actually happened in real life. Maybe. I... <laughs> That episode was so bizarre. <laughs> it was so, so yeah. bizarre. <laughs> I'd be curious to know if you actually like sat down and watched that, what your take on the whole thing would be right now. Because <laughs> it's, I I mean, granted, that was like a couple months ago that I did that, but it was bonkers. I was like, this shouldn't work. <laughs> and it doesn't. No. <laughs> okay. Any last final thoughts? We get it all done. Yeah, I think we covered everything now. Okay. <laughs> including an episode from like several months ago. Yeah. Uh, well, do you want to tell people where they can find you? Sure. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Melleris. Um, my podcast, Disney Channel Discourse, uh, I haven't made a new episode in like two months, which will probably be more than that by the time this comes out. Uh, because I am, uh, I sadly, I actually have a, a job now that takes up some time. Um, so it might be a while before I come out with another one of those but you can listen to the old ones that are there disney channel discourse um and do you remember the last time i was on when i said that mwca musical without a cool acronym would be coming out on april 10th it yes. actually isn't out yet um <laughs> because <laughs> because the editing is taking uh much longer than expected i don't think there's a, a date officially at the moment but you can follow mwca.musical on tiktok and you can find out there. That's a, the, the Phineas and Ferb unlicensed parody musical. It sounds great. 
It will be. It will be very good. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being my guest again. Um, yep. Always a pleasure to go like really deep into the lore with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and thanks so much to all of you for tuning into today's episode of Pumping Up the Podcast. I hope you'll join me next week for season two, episode 16 of Hannah Montana. It's me and Mr. Jonas and Mr. Jonas and Mr. Jonas. <laughs> Oh, that one. Oh, wonderful. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to having to say that long title several times, but uh, famously before I even started this show, when I was like first discussing doing it, um, my friend Kayla was like, well, you have to have me on when the Jonas Brothers are on because she's a Jonas Brothers super fan. So she will be back for that. It was the first ever episode claimed <laughs> for pumping up the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we're finally getting there. Um, if you want to find us on the internet, we're on Twitter at pumping up the pod, Instagram at pumping up the podcast. Twitter for me is lovely Lisi, uh, Instagram at actor Elise. And, uh, yeah, that about does it. Uh, we'll see you next week for Jonas brothers. And until next time, keep on pumping up the party.